At Rural First, we're the leader in rural construction loans because we don't work here. We work out here. We live rural, which means we know just what you need to build rural. Our dedicated team of loan specialists works with you throughout the construction process. And with our digital tool, you can manage your project all in one place. That's how Rural First gets you closer to what matters. Rural First is a registered trademark of Farm Credit Mid-America. NMLS 407249. Equal housing lender. Loan subject to approval and eligibility. Other terms and conditions may apply. Visit RuralFirst.com for more details. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I am so excited that you're here. If you've just joined us for the first time today, I want to say welcome. Every week, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Last week's episode with Jen for the Christmas special was so much fun, and it holds so much goodness that I encourage you to check it out if you haven't. You know, it's Thanksgiving this week if you live here in America. Small business shopping Saturday is on Saturday. Online shopping Monday. Black Friday shopping Friday, which I do not participate in because that sounds like the craziest thing ever. All that to say, there's a lot of shopping things happening. And so if you're looking for good gifts that really go to a good cause and make a difference, I have tons of options for you from that episode last week. Um, If you want to listen to it, it's episode number 63. If you just want to read about it, go to jamieivy.com. Great places for you to spend your money. And I hope you've been following me on Instagram because I've been giving away lots of great stuff. I even have a few more things this week, so come follow me on Instagram at jamieivy. Today's show is sponsored by The Burlap Cottage. In our busy world, holidays are as special as you make them. This includes your home and your most special gifts. A gift of artistry and handmade craftsmanship that lasts a lifetime and bears precious memories is the hallmark of the burlap cottage. The finest burlaps, flannels, and plaids with the richness and warmth of Christmas past with a nod to the current create the perfect custom piece to give and cherish. Tree skirts, pillows, stockings, all personalized for that special keepsake. Visit their site at theburlapcottage.com and listeners to the Happy Hour podcast can use the code Happy Hour 20, and you're going to receive 20% off through November 30th. The Burlap Cottage, which is artistry that celebrates the special occasions of your life. So check them out, theburlapcottage.com, for 20% off all your purchases through November 30th. Today's show is episode number 64, and my guest is Carrie Sowers. Carrie is the co founder and executive director of Place, which is a conversation on mentoring, relationships, and reconciliation, and serves as in house counsel for the mentoring project. Carrie is an avid gardener, previously tending an urban rooftop garden in Los Angeles and launching an organic teaching garden for the disadvantaged in inner city Portland. Carrie mentors young nonprofit leaders and facilitates leadership retreats for female entrepreneurs seeking to strengthen the innovative sisterhood. She is the author of the forthcoming book, River Over Rocks. She's passionate about building leadership skills into girls and young women. She travels often, but makes her home in Oklahoma City with her husband and their two daughters. Today on the show, Carrie and I chatted about all the things that she's passionate about. We talked about mentoring. We talked about gardening. And she really encouraged me in taking small steps for a garden. And I've wanted a garden forever. And we just recently bought a new house. And having more space, I really think that this garden thing might be a reality for me next year. I loved our conversation. And I really could have chatted with her for hours. And I know I say that about all my guests. And it's really true. But I really could have chatted with Carrie forever. And I look forward to the day when we really do get a real life in-person happy hour. So guys, enjoy our conversation. Here is Carrie Sowers. Yay. Hi, Carrie. Hi. How are you? Great. Welcome to the happy hour. Thank you. (laughs) What were you doing right before you got on the phone, right on this call? Trying to get on Skype. Oh, no. Before trying to figure out Skype? Yeah, before that. Uh, I came home from Whole Foods, threw all the groceries in the refrigerator, mm-hmm. high five the babysitter, mm-hmm. and pulled out of the driveway. You Came did like a little tag team? Oh, yeah. Oh, she oh. stayed there. The babysitter stayed. Yeah, the babysitter's at the house. I'm at the office. Awesome. Do you do all your show- shopping at Whole Foods? Random question. Pretty much. I don't when we're in Portland, but um, in Oklahoma, yes. Okay. okay. All right, now fill right me now. in because we've only met one time. Is that correct? Right. Well, I think so. I really continue to believe that I knew you when you were a camper at Canacuck. Oh, my gosh. Or, or maybe, like, you interviewed to be a counselor. Okay, I was never a camper. camper. Okay. But I was a so counselor. You were a counselor. 
because I did a whole year of my life. I interviewed, I went on trail for Kinnecott because I worked for them full time. Okay. And I did almost maybe like a fourth to 40% of the female counselor interviews. What year? Okay. Uh, 2000 to 2001. Okay. I interviewed in 2000. What if you interviewed me? I probably did because I did almost all of the interviews. So okay. obviously I gave you a job. So you I'm gave glad. Me a job. I'm Thank you. Good judgment. <laughs> okay. So let me give you a little backstory about that. So that was 2000. So that was my, I was in college still dating uh-huh. my husband. It was my last summer before we got married. And I had like grown up in the church, but I had really just started following Jesus like a year before that. Okay. And so I come into this interview and I'm thinking there's no way they're going to hire me. Like, there's just no way. Like I have been through, I've made some really poor choices. I mean, I grew up in the church. I knew all the things you needed to know, but I had just started like, I love Jesus. I'm going to give him my whole life and my heart and follow him like a year before. Awesome. And so I went in and I was just completely honest and told them everything and da da, da and they and y'all hired me. You hired me. <laughs> I hired all the renegades. Like I mean the next and, year. Oh. They were like Carrie. because um, <laughs> they track like, you know, from the job offers the year before uh-huh. and then, you know, if there are any hiccups or, you know, issues with counselors, the next year they do like percentage of like accurate interview or whatever you would say. Uh-huh. And um, I didn't necessarily win that metric, but I fell in love with nearly everyone I interviewed. Let me tell <laughs> so. you what, working at Canacook that summer, it was, it really, it's part of, that whole year was like life changing for me. Because it's when I started following Jesus, I was like changing my life, dropping a lot of things out of my life, adding things. I mean, just so many things happened to me in that year. That's awesome. That and which camp did you work at? I worked I at were, K Country. I, Okay, because I interviewed for K-Country, K-7, Kids Across America, and K-Colorado. What a fun job you had. It was. It, it, honestly, it was the best job. Because you we do, you know, Kanakuk does those movie nights. Mm-hmm. You go to the college campuses. And so I was on a different college campus nearly every night. So you do the video the night before and then the interviews the next day. It was a blast. That's so fun. Okay, so tell me this. What would what would be like something that someone said that you would think, oh, you might not be the best candidate for this? Um, I think anyone that didn't like straight there were a couple of people that were straight out that were like, I don't know about this Jesus deal, but I really love sports. <laughs> and you're like, Well, it's kind of like a big deal at this yeah, camp. <laughs> right. It's kind of both. Yeah. Like you have to you have to dig both of them. Right. So um or some people you felt like they were interviewing because all their friends did, but they didn't actually want to do it. Mm. And so you just kind of got the feeling from them that they want you to say no. Like they want to mm. say, I did it. I interviewed. Yeah. But they really don't want the job. I cannot even imagine going to, through all that trouble when you don't really want it. Like that's just not my personality. I'm like, I that's know. a waste of time. I, yes, for everybody. For your, your, yeah. you're thinking the same thing. You're, like, you're wasting my time. Well, Canica, we've just been chatting about it, but it's a Christian sports camp in Missouri when I just I, loved my time there so much. Yes, and ironically, that is where I met my husband, John. Was he a counselor as well? Uh, he was a counselor when I was a camper. A little little bit of a, okay, not a ton good. of a scandal. Uh, I need to hear this. I know. We didn't actually date. I'm not good at doing math on the fly. I want to say five years later we dated. Okay, but did you meet him when you were a camper? Or was it just like yeah. y'all were dating and you're like, oh, I think I was a camper when you were a counselor? No, we, well, and going deeper into Kanakuk land, so sorry for other people. Um, I It was the, the year he and I met, I was one of the princesses. So you know how you do the, like, counselors and the princesses and the chiefs, like, plan some of the parties? So he was a medicine man for one of the chiefs. So that's how we met. Okay. I don't think we did that at K-Country. Probably not. No, I we was had at, babies. I, I had little camper. kids at mine. Yeah. I, w- I was at the high school camp. So yeah. K-2. Yeah. My yeah. kids were kindergarten through fifth grade, and they would come for two weeks, which at the time I was just like, you know, here I am, a college student. like, I cannot imagine someone sending their kids off for two weeks. But and they now, love it. They love that's the thing. They love it, you know. And Funny. that would be hard. Now I have kids. I'm like that'd be hard, but my kids would love it. I know mine would too. I don't think I could handle it as a mom, mm-hmm. but they would love every yeah. second of it. Yeah. And I think as they get older, 
like my 11 year old, I would miss him, but I would also see like, oh, he's ready for this. Like this is okay. This is a thing. But when they're four, you can't imagine that ever happening. Right. And I think that's when I think my first summer as a camper was when I was 12. And back in the day, they used to have three week terms. Now I think they just have two and four. Uh Um, But anyway, that's I started when I was 12. And it was a good time because you're starting to you know, put your feelers out for who are you yeah. separate from your parents and do you always want to do what your friends want to do? No. And, you know, you're starting to work out some of those things. So yeah. it was a good time. So you've so, been working with teenagers and young adults basically your whole life. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Other than, well, when I, yes, also, because even when I was practicing law, I still was doing a mentoring program every Thursday in Los Angeles. So yeah, I was doing like let my life flash through my eyes. Yeah, I don't think I've taken a break from yeah, that. That's great. I, it's, it's been a passion for a long time. Okay, so you and I met at I think the Hatmakers HGTV premiere. Is that where we? Party. Yep. Yes, which was fun. And I was just so talking to my husband right before we got on the phone, and I was telling him who I was about to talk with. And I think I'm going to mess it up here, but I think that Aaron went to DC for some event that your husband was also at, some kind of mentoring Maybe. event at the White House. Yeah, John was, I don't know, he's been a couple times, but in 2012, John was honored as a champion of change at the White House for mentoring. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was that, or he's also on the task force for fatherhood and healthy families. I think that's what it was, actually. That sounds more familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, John just totally thinks Aaron is the bomb.com. I do too. He's He's a sweet one. He's actually leaving tonight. Do you know what breakaway is? Breakaway no. Ministries. Okay, well, it's in College Station here at Texas A&M. And we first moved here. They used to go play down there all the time. And he's going back tonight to play. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. But he hasn't I, done it in forever. And they get home at like 2 in the morning. So that's I just awesome. said goodbye for 12 yeah, hours. Yeah, leave him out some milk and cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll see him in the morning. Welcome home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love you. Yes. See you tomorrow. Okay, so Carrie, fill me and my listeners in. This question is like, we could talk for hours on this, but what do you and your husband, when I say this, I'm like, this is such a large question. What do you and your husband do? Well, um, he is the president of the Mentoring Project. So that is, as the name suggests, a mentoring organization. So the organization and I, he and Donald Miller started it back in Portland way before I was involved other than just the wife, you know, like I was like, that's awesome what you guys are doing. I'm over here in this other lane. Um, so I'm going to kind of talk about the mentoring project in third person a little bit. I came on staff like two years ago, but the mentoring project exists to recruit and train mentors. Um, they started out looking for male mentors for young men because when they were talking to others in the mentoring community, they said, you know, boys just sit on these waiting lists for two, three, four, five years. Some of them graduate high school before they're ever matched with a mentor. Mm. And women actually do a pretty good job volunteering. And girls usually can get a mentor within a year of mom or grandma or a guardian signing them up. So they started with this big focus on how do we recruit men of high character to get involved in mentoring and show them that that is a pinnacle issue in their community. And the, they put together a, or John put together a toolkit and it just started taking off off fast, which was awesome. As soon as they started explaining it and John really advocates, advocates for this is the best use of your time and community dollars is investing in mentoring instead of on the back end because nobody likes juvie, nobody likes mm-hmm. drug interventions, right. nobody likes teen pregnancy, you know, all those things. Um, mentoring is a proven preventative factor and it's, it's positive and it's fun and it's it's engaging. And so um, the Mentoring Project directly runs mentoring organizations in Portland, Oregon, and Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We have offices in those two um, metro areas. And then we do consulting and training for people to open a mentoring effort or expand a mentoring effort in their own community. So there's there's about 300 communities in North America that we consult on their mentoring programs. And um, so clients are uh, Big Brothers Big Sister and Boys and 
Yeah, yeah. Boys and Girls Club mm-hmm. and a lot of churches start mentoring organizations and we help them work through what is best for the kids in their neighborhood. Let's say, you know, like I'll just make a first first church on Main Street or mm-hmm. whatever wants to start a mentoring organization. We really work through it with them to let them know what kind of staffing is involved if you want to do it well and how do you do matching and maybe if you don't have enough staffing, you need to partner with a community organization that is mentoring and you disciple and train the mentors, kind of partner for the matching and then you both hold the hands of the mentor and the mentee Mm -hmm. after the match is made. Um, So we do that and um, that's a huge part of what we do because sometimes people say, hey, come open an office in our community. We'd love to have the mentoring project here. And if we had unlimited resources, we would love to be there. But we think the better use of our time is, you know, trading expertise so that somebody who's already invested in a community, they already know the kids, they already know all the players and their risk factors and the positives and the schools and the principals, et cetera, we would rather train that leader or group of leaders on how, you know, the nuts and bolts of running a mentoring organization than take the time, you know, it takes, what, three to four years to really become a part of a community. And so we'd rather just invest in the people who are already a part mm-hmm. of the community and really in- equip and know them. The pe- then they'll know their people. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And every mentoring organization has to look different. Yeah. There's no cookie-cutter solution. And go ahead. So y'all were in Portland. Is that why it started there? Right, right. Um, and John was on the board of what was called the Belmont Foundation. Don Miller started it. It's the organization he talks about in A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. John was on the board. He actually had his own mentoring organization in Los Angeles called Fatherless Generation Project. And when the mentoring cluster in Portland wanted to move into the consulting and training piece, they asked John if he would take it over. And a couple times he said, no. And then they really said, you know, this is, we think this is the best. And then he said, yes. And then the the name changed to the mentoring project. And then the, the equipping and the training focus really became a big part of what they were doing. Cause that's when they decided instead of having a ton of offices, we are better to mentor the mentors. Right. Yeah. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. 
I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. And so what do you do for them? So I run the conference okay. that is next week. We're so excited <laughs> about that. Uh, this is our second year of our conference. This year we're calling it Place and we're talking about relational belonging, that that's really the gift we want to give to all the kids that we mentor and we hope all kids find relational belonging. And for some people like me, I was lucky enough to find that relational belonging in my family and in my home and in my church community. And I felt like I had a lot of positive adults on my team growing up. So I'm kind of the opposite of John's story. Um, but for the kids that don't, aren't able to find their relational belonging either at home or at their school community or at their church community, we want to help people build that relational belonging through mentoring to really invest in their life. Okay. So this place conference, we're recording this, um, in the middle of September. So by the time this yes. airs, it will have already happened, but right. I believe that you said that, or that I read that you're doing it again in the spring. Uh, well, we're doing it probably next September. We're like back and forth on September, October. Okay. And sh it will be in Portland next year. Oh, so I've never been to Portland. Girl, you got to come. You, will, you might not leave though. Be careful. It's September, October. I've heard there's like certain seasons when you should visit Portland. Is that, that one of them? That's the ace in the whole season. Okay. To be that's all we need to know. That's right. So basically from 4th of July to Halloween, it does not rain in Portland. Wow. But from Halloween to the 4th of July, it's like the misters at the fair. It's not you know, like all out rain, but no, it's No, but those are the worst. That never goes away. Yeah. We we put one of those misters in our backyard. Oh, you did? On like 4th of July. We had a big party a year ago or so. And so we had these misters up and it actually just made you feel like you were just like, I mean, you're sweating and you're getting wet, right. It's but you're not swimming. I mean, it was like, I did not Except enjoy Portland's the misters. <laughs> so it's kind of cold, but it doesn't get all the way cold. Like it hardly ever snows because you're so close to the coast. Mm -hmm. So the like flannel, jeans, Doc Martens thing is not just a trend in Portland. Like that's what you want to wear when it's raining wear. and you're walking through mud puddles every day. That actually sounds so miserable to me. It's not, but some people don't dig it. Okay, but I now you're it. in Oklahoma. Right. Which so, is, can we be, get any more opposite, right? I don't think, maybe Austin. Right. So that what would be brought y'all to hotter. Oklahoma City? Well, the mentoring, the mentoring project. Okay. Um, so they were looking at expanding to a second office uh, because John and other people on staff were just traveling to this part of the country so much because yeah. there was a big upswing in churches and faith communities getting involved in mentoring. So he almost lived on an airplane and thought, you know, it would be great to have another landing spot and another staff we could train to really know a lot of this stuff and be more local resources. Mm -hmm. So they looked at Nashville and Oklahoma City, Dallas. We have a ton of amazing partner churches there and uh, maybe Cincinnati. This was when I was still like just in the wife phase. I wasn't really tuned in. So I was like, keep me posted if we're moving. Right. And so he's like, we're totally not moving. I was like, all right. 
Um, but Oklahoma City, there were a bunch of churches, a bunch of community leaders, business leaders, acceptance from you know local government to really want to do a push towards mentoring. And they presented a package that you just couldn't really yeah. say no to. Mm-hmm. They were like, if this, then would you open an office here? And John prayed about it and the board prayed about it and they said yes. And I still didn't think we were moving. And he did <laughs> he did commuting for a while. And then that became as nutso as what yeah. he was doing before. So we rented a house and we were going to split, which we do a lot. We probably like 60, 40, like we were in Portland all summer. Um, because it's but, awesome. Right. right and right. that's, you know, our legacy there is there. We still got a ton of mentors, staff there and office there. Um, my, my people, a lot of them, my old friends are yeah. in Portland. There's just nothing like old friends. And, um, so I love that, but here in Oklahoma city, it's just been so rad. What has developed, we have this super unique partnership with the police officers here in Oklahoma City. They have five officers that are on a dedicated gang prevention task force. All these officers do is try to keep kids out of gangs. They don't write tickets. They don't send kids to jail. They, I mean, like all they do, they're like the five best police officers maybe in the history of all time. Yeah, because it's proactive. Uh, Right. It's on the front end. Uh And so they have this amazing program that they invite kids into. They do the intervention when either someone in the home has jumped into the gang, like a big brother or a big sister or a cousin that spends a lot of time there, or if they're at risk of making, sometimes it's not a choice, but if they're at risk of being in that situation, an officer comes, they set up a meeting with the kid and um, mom or grandma or the guardian or dad or, or whomever's in the home and They say, if you continue making the choices you're making right now, you will be dead or in jail in six months, and we want to help you. So the police officers, on Monday night, they have a Northeast Community Center, Tuesday night, Southeast. Um, They're very separate programs, but the kids are invited to the one that's closest to their house. And then if the mom says, yes, I would, I'm okay with having a mentor, then we train, recruit, and match the mentor to the young man or the young woman who is in that program. That's amazing. It's really cool. And we just love it so much. We can't leave Oklahoma city because it's so unique and it's such a powerful program. So is that a program that is recreatable? The police officers, what they're doing? Amazing. You should ask that. (laughs) I wasn't even prepped for that question. That's good. So um, John and Lieutenant Cubitt, he is speaking at our conference. He spoke last year and pretty much as long as he's available, he'll speak at anything we do. But they fly, they travel together. They'll be in Los Angeles, I think in two weeks. And they work with churches and police officers who want to create something like this in their community. And they're building a curriculum, a lot like our, how we teach churches to develop a mentoring program. They are developing a curriculum. Hopefully it'll be out maybe in like nine months, um, about how police officers, community organizations, and churches can come together to make a safety net for these high-risk kids. Well, I want this in Austin. Wouldn't that be fun? Yes. Yes. I would love that. This is amazing. I love things that are proactive. Like we, we talk a lot, but they have a foster care initiative at our church. And the way that looks to be proactive is it actually we're pro we're keeping kids, obviously um, helping them, but also one of the main ways that people get into trafficking women or girls is through, they're like are in foster care and stuff. Yeah. And, um, Love 146, Rob Morris is going to be speaking at our conference, and he and John work a lot on mentoring as a prevention to trafficking because like in the foster care system, uh, kids that are not, if they don't have like a full-fledged team keeping tabs on Mm -hmm. them and checking on them and talking them through decisions and having the best interests of the kid at heart or young man or young woman, those are prime. Oh, prime. Yes. Target. So vulnerable. And, yeah. And one of the most just gut wrenching experiences, John was there, I wasn't, but they in Portland did a lot with trafficking prevention, also in mentoring. But they 
talked with a guy who used to be, I guess, a recruiter. I don't know what you would call, but it was his job to case neighborhoods and find the young girls that they think they could develop as targets. And he taught, they were very well organized and they had very specific criteria, but they said they watched for young girls that could come and go as they pleased and nobody knew Mm -hmm. like, why aren't you home? Mm -hmm. Why did you come home at 3am? Or, you know, like nobody was keeping track or asking hard questions or, doing preventative intervention and I mean he had a system he had a whole staff it just wanted I mean I it was so disgusting that is so disturbing it really is it's so disturbing but Mm. it's so important for those of us that that are able to really be watchers in our neighborhood like Mm -hmm. find the kids that might slip through their cracks because somebody has got to be looking out for them yeah so I have a couple questions for you after what you've told me about what y'all do. You mentioned that um, girls are, they have an easy time finding mentors. Right. And women volunteer more often. Is that why, do you, does your organization specifically target men for mentors? And is it yes. because women just volunteer more often? Right. So we match men and women, but we, we target guys Mm -hmm. trying to send like when we to find other guys that can do mentoring so for instance we've got a couple rock star mentors that work uh in the accounting department of of a local really well I guess it's not local it's (laughs) local here but it's a national company but they talk about how it works to be in corporate America and have time to mentor and they have you know some of them go over lunch and some of them uh, have one night a week that they they check out of work, you know, at a reasonable time, like six o'clock on Tuesday, and then they stay late on another day mm-hmm. to kind of compensate for that. But um, yeah, we just we send the mentors that do a great job. We strategize with them and say, who else in the community is like yeah. you? Yeah, that really has eyes for the mm-hmm. future of the community and loves leadership ideas. Anyone that's a leadership geek should totally be mentoring because yeah. mentoring is absolute like leadership transformation. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're real strategic about trying to find other guys. And usually once they have a buddy or a boss explain to them how important it is, a lot of these guys are good guys and they want to step up to the plate as soon as they're aware of it. That's amazing. A lot of them are not aware of mentoring being a need. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we've got some just amazing women who mentor as well. Yeah. And we, we love them. I kind of run with the girl mentors and John and the other guys on staff here in Oklahoma city run with the guy mentors. And then sometimes everybody comes to our house for pizza. Yeah. Well, you know, you think about like, you said that your story was different than John's and you grew up knowing that you had a place and you had secure and you had people that were for you. And I don't know John's story just a little bit. I think I heard him one time at Verge, but for someone like you and I who grew up realized not having that void of, um, people cheering for us and caring for us. And people did know if we didn't come home, you know, that kind of thing. And we were grounded. Yeah. We were in a lot of trouble. (laughs) I think for people like us, and and I could be wrong here, and this is embarrassing for me to say, but it could be like we don't really realize that there's such a need because we never had that need. Would you say that would be true? I think so. And I, I think those of us who were lucky enough to have two invested parents, I didn't. Let me just say that for me. I did not realize the absolute advantages and additional opportunities and things that were just a part of my everyday life that aren't a part of other people's lives. When, um, for instance, John's mom had to work three jobs to be able to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And so there weren't a lot of, you know, like family game nights or, um, you know, let's all go pick apples or, you know, like all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, because she I couldn't. She's working. No, no. Yeah. So, I mean, John's, John, sometimes we laugh. He, he cooks dinner as much as I do because he's been doing it his whole life. Right. Like he started cooking If you're cooking hungry, dinner. you got to make your dinner. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, 
you know, he started cooking before I did because he had to, he had to, he was, you know, make dinner or sometimes they would just go out to eat. And, um, but that made him be able to have an amazingly Mm -hmm. close relationship with his grandmother. She was the one that picked him up from school and she invested uh, in him. Yeah. 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 And his mom is incredible. She was just doing what Uh, she had to do. She, yes. And, but she had to do it because if she's the only one paying the bills, yeah. You got to do the hustle to pay the bills. So, you know, it makes me think about the difference in men and women volunteering. And we just sent our oldest son to our students, which is like youth ministry. And I was talking to the student pastor a couple months ago and they do these things called DCOM. It's like little community groups for Mm -hmm. the kids and they have a leader. And of course, I have never really been involved in the student ministry or church at all or cared about it or had any questions. But now, you know, now I have a kid in there. And so I'm I'm asking him all these questions (laughs) and... And I said, you know, what kind of leader is he going to have? And he's like, man, we meet, we need more guy leaders. We have so many girl right. leaders. And for a second, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to find one because I want my son. Right. I want my son to have the best leader because I've seen what that does in kids' lives. But it just made me think there is such a shortage of men that are serving in that capacity. It's crazy. There are, but they are there if the they just need to know is presented. And they so need to one know of about the- it. Yeah, one of the things we've really counseled churches that if, you know, they're just an open book and they want unsolicited advice, and we've met some incredible church leaders that have no ego, they just want to do the best stuff, and though we don't know everything, one of the things we see that works really well is to pair the men's ministry with the youth ministry. And normally, like, the youth are often in other building in these big churches mm-hmm. where they can be loud and be crazy. And then there's the men's pancake breakfast at the crack of smack right. on Saturday uh-huh. morning. No teenager is awake no. for a pancake breakfast. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but to we say, like, once a quarter, do events together where what the men's ministry is doing is serving in the youth. Mm. So whether that's a barbecue or a whatever it is, but to don't separate everything out in the church by your generational slot yeah. because the kids lose out when you do that. Yeah. Like it's okay for the adults, but the kids really lose out when the adults keep to themselves and they're only ever around, you know, a mass of kids their age and a couple sp- sprinkling of leaders right. that are adults. Mm. Okay. I, I love everything y'all are doing and I'm going to, I'll put the link up for this conference, even though it'll be long gone by the time this airs, but next year people can yeah, uh, be watching probably, for it. Yeah, it'll probably be switched over by then. Um, we'll announce. So I'm glad I it's not airing yet because it's going to be a surprise. When oh, we well, announce I just that it's going to be in Portland. Wait. Yay! <laughs> but by the time this airs, the secret will be out of the bag, uh, and then we'll tickets will be for sale, and we'll be gearing up for next year. And we're we're just so blessed by. I think we have folks from 26 states and five countries that's, that's coming so in. Wonderful. Yeah, and they're just the people that want to give their life to giving kids opportunities. And it's so rad to meet that many people that are so selfless and they have ideas and passion and leadership and then they become friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw a guy last year. He had just retired from corporate America. He and his friend came down from Indiana. Uh, Ironically, Shannon Martin is the one who sent me the newspaper, Flower Patch Farm Girl. Oh, yeah, she's been on the show. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. we're new friends. We met when I interviewed her. Well, you guys will be I love her to friends. death. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We'll and we're going to be at a conference this fall, so I'm excited. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Shannon Martin. Anyway, she sent us this newspaper clipping. I would have never seen it, but a guy from Indiana came to our conference last year and just really got inspired about mentoring. And so he came out of retirement and took over his local Big Brothers Big Sister chapter that was kind of you know, needing some new leadership Mm -hmm. and needing some new donors. And now that's what he's doing full time. And it's so neat to think that. crazy. I know. So we never know really what Mm -hmm. happens when like the Lord inspires someone to care about kids. But we just love doing the background hustle to set up the opportunity where they can hear from all these great speakers and practitioners and find ways that they can invest in their community. That's so great. Aaron and I just went recently to a big brother's big sister, um, 
like fundraiser. Yeah. And so it was so wonderful just to see everybody in the community gather around that organization that's doing this kind of stuff. So great stuff. Okay, guys, by now you've heard me talk about my love for Noonday Collection a lot. I love their jewelry, but what I really love about Noonday is how this business is making an impact around the world. One of the ways that Noonday is making an impact is by connecting women to community that is passionate about changing the world. Last year, I had the chance to go to Shine, which is Noonday's annual ambassador conference. And guys, I met Noonday ambassadors from across the country, and I was so inspired. Literally, I told Jessica, I love your people. Um, Let me tell you that they're just amazing. And my question for you is, do you want to join a community of women who share a passion for changing the world? And do you want to connect women in your community with an opportunity to make a difference? Well, guys, if you do, Noonday Collection is looking for more women who are passionate about making an impact. So what are you waiting for? You can launch a business as a Noonday Ambassador today. And then you can come to the Shine Conference, and I'll see you and meet you there. Um, I'll be there again. But guys, really, you can start today. You'll love being a part of the Noonday community. And right now, they have an exclusive offer for Happy Hour listeners who sign up to become a Noonday ambassador. So visit thehappyhour.noondaycollection.com for all the details. And I personally would love to cheer you on if you become a Noonday ambassador. Okay, back to my conversation with Carrie. Okay, Carrie, I want to ask you about something else. Yes. I read, and you may have told me this as well, that you are into gardening. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. That now, is it my doesn't, thing. It, no, that's what I was going to say. It doesn't sound like you just plant a couple of flowers or you just grow a couple of vegetables. It sounds like you love it. I do. I love it so much. And I, uh, I come from multi generations of gardeners, but I wasn't really into it myself till I was an adult. Um, but my earliest memories with my grandma were sitting on the back porch each of us in rocking chair, like snapping beans, mm. uh, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, or like hulling peas or uh, boiling up the lima beans that she just grew. So it has a lot of, it's very connective to me. And for people who are garden geeks, you know that you can either do cut, cuttings or you can take seeds from someone else's plant or you can reroute something. And so between my mom's yard and my yard, we have. My grandmother has been in heaven for a long time, but we have some of her plants then not even from her house. And we have, you know, this rosebush from, you know, Aunt Rosamond oh, wow. and these things from Aunt Bobby and the cosmos in my yard or from my mom. And, you know, so it's just to me, we don't live close to family. And so it's kind of a little reminder of all the people I love and the people who love me when I'm out in the yard. But I started in Los Angeles. We lived downtown and uh, the place we lived, we got a big chunk of the roof that they let me just do whatever with. So I started, I did trees. I did all kinds of stuff up there on the roof. And it's so great to garden in Los Angeles. You have so much sun. Yeah. And then when we moved to Portland, Our church that we were a part of, you may know, uh, we were a part of Bread and Wine, and I don't know if you know Duke and Caroline Rivard. I don't. Um, You guys would all love each other because you're all really into community building and stuff. But one of the things we did as a community, there was a church that had this huge lawn. I mean, just huge lawn that all they were doing is paying someone to mow it. And they let us, they ask us, like, do you have any ideas for what you could do with that? And so we, I ended up starting a community garden. It was like a teaching garden where Thursday mornings I did garden classes. And folks could come and learn how to garden. And then any of the kids in the neighborhood that didn't have a lot of fresh grocery opportunities or a lot of fast food restaurants and Uh gas stations, those were kind of their only choices, uh, if they came by the garden, we let them take whatever they wanted. Like, take all the tomatoes you want. That take, sounds take so much the, fun. Like, whatever you want. They loved it. Like, okay, they, so everything you just said, plot of land, garden, classes, let everyone take all the vegetables. I want to be that, but I am not that and have no idea how to do that. But it sounds so appealing. It sounds mm-hmm. like just the most wonderful thing ever to walk outside and get your it's food. so great. And you could be that by next year. Well, like, here's the thing, Carrie. I, I want I want to hear your encouragement for me because I want to be that. But I've tried. It's your dirt. I'm failing. It's your problem. Okay, good. I can tell Aaron something because I've been begging for a garden <laughs> forever and he's like, no, you kill everything. No, you kill everything. And I keep telling him, but I think I'm not getting everything right. Well, it's if you don't have good dirt, I don't care what you do. Nothing nothing's grow. growing. Nothing's growing. Okay, I'm going to tell him that. 
Yeah. So you, I work a lot on my dirt, maybe as much as my garden. So I'm big into composting. So it's easy. It's just like kitchen scraps, yeah. coffee grounds. Uh, you don't want any like oil or butter or mm-hmm. meat or that would, it turns nasty. Yeah. But I just, I have this huge trash can that I got at Lowe's or Home Depot or something. And I got a drill and I probably drilled like 60 holes in it. But it was like a $14 trash can. I'm so cheap. Okay. You drill all these holes in it so you can aerate what you have. So like on the sides? Or, yes. Or just the bottom? And the bottom and the top, all of it. Everywhere. Okay. Because you want air to circulate in or there. Or to be gross. Okay. Right. And you don't want to put it close to like where your kids are playing because it will be, full. if you do it right, it's full of bugs. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. But, and then your newspapers, your paper grocery sacks, the random solicitations you get in the mail and nobody can stop no matter what they do. You put them in there? You put them in there. Not glossy. Okay. The flat paper. Okay. Not glossy. But then over time you build your soil and you, in the fall and in the spring, you, t- what's called turning it, you get a okay, shovel quick, and you just. Because I'm, I'm stupid here, so I'm asking questions. Every, all of that food and um, paper you just put in there. Right. You the add that to your soil or that turns into soil? Both. Okay. Wow. So I get an, I just dumped mine, I think like last weekend that I started last fall. Okay. So it's a while. Right. Because it's and a there big trash are, can. Yeah, and there's a lot of fancy books on composting, and you can do a lot of fancy things. Like you can get a compost tumbler, and there's so many fancy things you can do. I don't. Okay. I just leave it alone for a year. Does it stink? Not really. Okay. But if you, it will stink if you don't have enough paper. You kind of want a fifty-fifty ratio. I see. To uh, paper to food. Okay. That is, but it just, the bottom, we just turned it upside down and the bottom half looks like dirt and the top part still looks like strawberries and eggshells and all that stuff. And so then you mix that in with your soil. Right. And then since you're going to be, it's going to be winter anyway, Mm -hmm. you just, I, I dig it down. So the part that still looks like food, I put it at the bottom of my raised beds Mm -hmm. and I kind of like rotate everything that already is dirt over on top of it. Mm -hmm. And that way the rats and mice or whatever else that are out in the world, Mm -hmm. uh, leave it alone. Okay. And then when, and then when do you plant your vegetables in the spring? Right. Um, some of them I start in January, but I start them inside my house. Yeah. See that, Uh, that's, I like, this all sounds appealing. And then when I get to the part when they're like, start this in your house and then move it and then move it. And I start to think, ah, it's too much. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) It is work. Um, but I, you have to, to have a love affair with gardening, you have to be okay with a 30% loss rate. Like even the best gardener in the world is going to lose 30% if you're doing organic. Okay. See, I think I don't, I wouldn't say I have a love affair with gardening. It's something that I see people do that I think I want and I want the outcome. I think I need to, I think I need some success in my life for this. Right. You know, like I have not been successful with anything. So my 30% failure rate is more at 100 okay. right now. <laughs> I've got a 100% failure rate, and so I'm well, losing. But it's my Texas, soil. It is hot. It is hot. It is probably your soil. And then your some of your stuff, like for we were here a lot and things were doing well, and we went to Portland and a friend watered my garden, and then we came back and then we went back to Portland. But the second time we went back to Portland, I didn't have someone assigned to really Take help me out. It, yeah. Yeah. And everything burned up. Like it looked like someone set fire to my garden. <sighs> and I'm in Oklahoma, not even Texas. Yeah. You're hotter, way hotter. So it is hard to have like full sun on your plants. Okay. It's kind of intense. Well, I do think that I'm, I'm going to give this another go round. So I'm not going to give should. up. I'm going to give yeah, another just- go round. Buy plant starts, like don't, don't deal with starting the plants in your house. Yeah. Um, just go to your local nursery, buy the stuff you like to eat, like tomatoes, basil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff that you can just grow from the grocery store. And that's hilarious to watch it happen. Like celery, the, I don't even know what the true name of the bottom of the celery, but you know, the part you cut off, it's kind of white. And yeah, can tough you plant and you it and it grows up? Yeah. That's so crazy. So that's how I plant celery every year. Same with sweet potatoes or regular potatoes. 
if you leave them in the pantry for a few weeks, they'll start to sprout. Yeah. Throw that in the dirt. It and you will got, grow. Oh my gosh. New potatoes. We love potatoes around here. Girl, sweet potatoes. I live for those. Sweet potatoes for the win. Um, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep pushing forward with my garden. You, yeah, keep doing it. But you have to pay attention to the dirt. Like if, okay, I'm going like to be on the dirt this time. Yeah. And you may, dirt, good dirt can be really expensive. So just conquer like one little, like feed one little section of dirt unless you just want to like roll out yeah. big with start, the dirt. I'm going to start small. Yeah. Start small, yeah. get some really, really healthy dirt. Uh, you could put Epsom salt in there. You could put eggshells in there. Kind of anything you would want to eat if you were a, like, pretend you're vegan. Uh-huh. Anything you would eat if you were a vegan can probably go in your soil. Okay. That's a good way. Except Cause I always fake, am wondering. Yeah. yeah. Except the fake cheese. Like that. Yeah. Kind of that's, stuff. yeah but yeah. okay. If, if Jesus made it and a vegan would eat it, your garden loves it. <laughs> I love that. If Jesus <laughs> made it and a vegan would eat it, your garden will love it. I love it. that's that's a great. That should be a sign. There you uh, go. Okay, garden speaking of yeah, speaking of signs, <laughs> I saw that you wrote something the other day on Facebook and I want to ask you about it. You go put, for it. I have you, no idea what okay, did I this write. This is good. <laughs> you said don't ask for permission, do your thing and get their oh, attention. Yeah. I was like, "Dang, what is that?" I well, love it. I just, I don't know. I just had the thought. I thought it would share it. So I'm glad you liked it. But I did. I talked to a lot of, I love mentoring uh, young women who are entrepreneurs and try, trying to start a business. That's just like, man, I love, those are my people. Um, so a lot of the young women I work with, they stop themselves before they even really get going because they want someone, quote unquote, who matters to tell them it's a great idea or they, um, they don't want to do something because somebody else is already good at it. Oh, and yeah. I, just, mm-hmm. I just really felt, you know, that's not the metric. You don't need to wait for someone to notice you and crown you and say, I deem you worthy of this. But I think someone who has a, just a passion and they're willing to do the work should just get out there and do the work. Mm. Like do it different and get, instead of asking for permission of whoever it is that you admire, like go do something so awesome you get their attention. Yeah. Do you think that women struggle with this more than men do? I think so. I do too. I'm not, I have a lot of guesses on why, but I don't want to just pontificate forever. But I think culturally and even more so in the South, I have a mother from the deep South and she was not this way, but I, when we visited, I saw a lot of almost being socialized to stay in the background Mm -hmm, in, mm -hmm. you know, like big party settings or, um, you know, as far as to be seen and not be heard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like don't just put it out there what you want to do or, you know, be okay. I've had to learn how to be okay to make other people uncomfortable if it's really the thing I want to stand for. Right. I I had to learn that skill as an adult and maybe other girls learned that long before I did. But that was a big transition for me that if I want to be in any kind of leadership, I've got to be okay to make people uncomfortable if it's the thing I'm staking my life on. Yeah. You know, I've seen that too. And I've seen it in my personal life looking like this, where in a world where everything is at our fingertips, anything anybody wants to do, they can put it out and you can see it within three seconds. Everything is out there. Um, You know, I have come to terms with this and struggled for a long time of like, well, why would I do this? Because this person's already doing it really well. Right, right. And someone, or why would I write about this? Because who wants to read this? They already talked about it. And I remember someone told me one time, but it, but it's not in your voice. It's not your words. It's not your heart. And so then I was like, that's right. You know, like, okay, so we're saying the same message, the same thing, but it's not, it's me. Right. And you, and you would do it differently. Like think if Facebook never happened because there was already MySpace. Right. Or (laughs) MySpace never happened because there was always friend, there was already Friendster. Yeah. And you know, like whatever, what whoever we admire, we look up to and we think, Oh wow, whatever they're doing, somebody was doing it before them. Yep. But there are no new ideas. No, there, but there are like a a new spin on the same idea. Right. And it's your words and it's your, your spin on it. Right. Yes. 
and people, I mean, just not everyone is going to connect with, I mean, a given author or a business or a church or a, you know, new business idea, whatever it is, it's even the best is not for everyone. Yeah. Like there are people that don't wear Nike shoes. Yep. <laughs> there is a there lot are. Of And you would think that that's like the best, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, cause then there's also, you know, and then there's all different grades, like go, you know, going back to the gardening analogy, there are, you know, some gardening ideas that are for people that don't want to put any, you know, put much time into it. And then there's a whole nother industry for people that it is like their, it's like their cat ladies for gardening. I'm kind of in that that space, (laughs) but like, um, the like uber gardener would love this, but the average I have more of a life person is not going to go for it. Yeah. That's going to be me with the gardening. In case you didn't pick that up earlier from our conversation, that's the category I would fall <laughs> under. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I just read that and I was like, I love that so much because well, thank you. I think that that is something that we need to hear, especially women, but everybody and young girls coming up as well. Like yeah. don't think that, that there isn't a space for you. I, I hear people say like, oh, I want to start a podcast, but there's like people already doing a podcast like I want to do. I'm like, okay, start a podcast. There is right. a table big enough for everybody to do there podcasts. There really is. You know? Yeah. So. And I, and I love the idea instead of like pulling away from the people that are already doing the podcasts in that example, like lean, lean in to borrow Cheryl Sandberg's word, but lean into the network community because most be it podcasting or mentoring or, you know, starting a new business, the community wants to support other innovators. Like they welcome them Mm -hmm. and they want to say, Hey, I, it took me a year to figure this out, but here you go. Free tip. Exactly. Yeah. This will save time. Cause someone did it for me. Right. Yep. So good stuff. You're just full of good stuff today, Carrie. I'm glad you're doing your podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Rural First, we're the leader in rural construction loans because we don't work here. We work out here. We live rural, which means we know just what you need to build rural. Our dedicated team of loan specialists works with you throughout the construction process. And with our digital tool, you can manage your project all in one place. That's how Rural First gets you closer to what matters. Rural First is a registered trademark of Farm Credit Mid-America, NMLS 407249, equal housing lender, loan subject to approval and eligibility. Other terms and conditions may apply. Visit RuralFirst.com for more details. Um, okay, we're almost done here, but we didn't even mention that you have two girls. I mean, we mentioned yes. you had a babysitter, but. Yes, I have twins, little four-year-old honeys that just got a piano for their birthday. <gasps> so awesome. Are I they know. taking hey, lessons? Are they just not, banging away? Yeah. Or? Here's, my, here's my secret strategy. I think they have music deep in their soul. Okay. And so I want to make sure it doesn't become something to do or to fight. Mm-hmm. Like, I want that to be there for them to express themselves. So the angle we're taking is, right now they're just playing on it. And as long as they are not banging with all their might, pretty much mm-hmm. everything's okay. Mm-hmm. But I think I am going to take lessons again. And I'm going to have them watch me sit and practice. And when I'm practicing and they want to play, I'll say, I'm sorry, it's not your turn right now. This is mama's turn on the piano. You can have it later. And... Like do the reverse psychology. (laughs) I like this. I'm sitting here in my mind thinking, what could I do this with my kids for? Like, what could I reverse? Right. Then I'm also thinking there's nothing I want to do that I need them to do. (laughs) It's like, sorry, you can't use my computer. I'm doing my homework right Right. now. Exactly. (laughs) Right. So I I hope they will play. I hope they're John's mom is an amazing pianist. She is just incredible. And um, that's through both talent and hard work. But And I've got some other musicians in the family. But I really hope, I hope it becomes a thing for them. 
I do too. I hope some of my kids are musical as well because I have zero musical skills, but their dad <laughs> does. So. Yeah. Yeah, I have none. Yeah, he's got great stuff. Yeah, great skills over there. So we yeah. too are like, everyone, they'll ask like, are your kids like singing or playing instruments? And we really haven't like pushed our kids into anything. Like we do sports, right. but we do like the easy ones that have the practice right. on the same day as the game, you know? And exactly. That's my speed. We're pretty chill about all that because That's I think awesome. I could be unchill about it with sports. Right. I could be like, we could be on traveling teams and stuff, but Aaron's like, uh, we have four kids and that's not our life. So I would do it. we're just chill with it, but we're chill with music too. So we're just that's letting good. them find their way. I think that's good. Cause I, you know, I believe we all want to create, so I don't want to like oversee their process, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're just trying to introduce them to a lot of ways to be creative mm -hmm. and then we'll just see, you know, like what puts little stars in their eyes yeah. and then go that way. Okay. I want to have you back on again and talk about what you just said that you believe that we all want to create. Yeah, I think we do. Okay. I want, I'm going to think on that, and I want to talk yeah. about that, because that's interesting, because I've always, um, we don't have time, but I've always been like, I'm not a creative person. I'm not a creative person. But you are. You have a podcast. Well, like that's, you, this is like the first thing that I've yeah. built like with my hands that I'm proud of and that I do, and so I'm like, well, maybe I am creative, but I've you never, are. I think of creative as like you, you write a song or you paint, right. you know what I mean? And so for right. the first time ever, and I'm 37, I kind of thought, well, maybe I am. You totally are. I think we all are. And that's, I, I want to, yeah, I like that thought. I think that's why Pinterest took over the world. It like, <laughs> it found that little hidden artist in all of us. Yeah. And even if we can't do it, we want to. That's you me know? with the gardening. Want I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, we want it. I have all my stuff pinned for my garden one day. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I need to go to your board and just like pin away then. I love new garden ideas. Oh, so fun. Okay, Carrie, I have loved talking with you today. Oh, me too. I hope I get to see you again soon in Austin. Yes. Are you coming down anytime soon? That's what I was just thinking. I feel like I am, but I can't think of anything right now. Like in my head, I think I'm coming there in November, but I don't know why. Okay, well, come on down and we'll yeah. get together. I would love it. I'm not coming to Oklahoma City anytime soon. That's all right. I'm bummed to say that. I wish I was coming to Portland. Come. Aaron says September. that's going to be like one of our getaways because he's been several times, of course. And so he just raves at how much I love it. So, Dude, come hungry. That is the biggest foodie town. <sighs> We're food. We love to eat. Oh. We love good food. Every meal. And it's, it's, I would say of like, you know, total foodie towns. And I don't know Austin as well. I know that's a big foodie town. Yeah. But you're, it's so reasonable too. Okay, you know, that's like good. Yes. Every time you get the tech, the ticket, we're like, is that it? Yeah. All right. Okay, that that's was good. Because awesome. there's nothing like going to eat an amazing restaurant where you get amazing food, but you're still kind of hungry, and you just yeah. pay two hundred dollars. Right. And it, <laughs> it was like your grocery bill. Right. In one <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's always sad. It always is sad. Uh, okay. Well, Carrie, thanks for chatting. I hope thanks that your conference goes amazing. Oh, thanks. Or was, next I should year. say, was amazing since this will air after. And then next year, maybe people that are listening will want to join you. I would love it. And you should come. I would love that. Oh, my gosh. I love all of these things that you just talked about. And I want the police force here in Austin. Yeah, let's do Like, for real. I we really could, want that. About nine months from now, we should have a pretty, you know, like, approachable curriculum for that. And everyone that's listening is like, I want that in my town, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's really been cool. It's been a total God thing. And the police officers were doing the work long before we got here. You're just but stepping we, up beside them. Yeah. We mm -hmm. were able to bring the adults in from the community and in like a predictable, you know, like a large scale predictable way. Yeah. And it's been awesome. Okay. Well, I love your stuff. Thanks for chatting with me. Enjoy. I hope your conference goes wonderful. Enjoy your rest of your day. Thank you, and yeah. you too. And hey, if I ever do come down to Austin, we'll play in your yard. We'll get your garden set up. Oh my gosh, that'd be the best. So I'll fun. have my compost ready for you. Okay, good. For all your smelly <laughs> food yeah, stuff. Yes, yes. All right, bye, Carrie. Bye-bye. <laughs> Guys, when Carrie mentioned that we are all creatives, that really has rocked my world since the day we did this interview. I seriously love this girl and all her wisdom that she brings to us women in the world. Today's show is also sponsored by She Does Justice. She Does Justice is a lifestyle brand that empowers women to make a difference. It started as an adoption fundraiser and grew into a community that is passionate about giving back. Each month, 10% of She Does Justice's gross sales go towards five different initiatives. 
Those initiatives are supporting adoption, empowering young women, healthcare in Africa, orphan prevention, and fighting sex trafficking. The best part about the whole deal is that you get to choose where the portion of your purchase goes. So you're empowered to make a difference right from your computer. Right now, She Does Justice is excited to offer all Happy Hour listeners free shipping with the promo code Happy Hour. The shop is full of stylish and affordable tees and accessories. Happy holiday shopping. Remember, any books that we talk about on Happy Hour, you can find at jamieivy.com slash happyhourbooks. Also, anything we chatted about, if you need a link to it or whatever, I always put it up at jamieivy.com. Guys, I'd also love to hear from you. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Tell me what you love from the show. What do you love about Carrie? Connect with her. She's so fabulous. She'd love to hear from you. Today's show is edited by Knox McCoy, and the music is from Austin Snow Worship's A Day of Glory Christmas album that you can find on iTunes. Next week, my guest is Debbie Eaton, who really encouraged me in journaling and quiet moments, and you're going to really love her wisdom that she brings to the table. Guys, if you live in America, happy Thanksgiving. If you don't, well, then just happy November 25th. Um, Only four more shows for the happy hour in 2015, and they are good ones. I cannot wait for you to hear all my guests coming up. I'm super excited about what 2016 holds for the happy hour. Thank you guys for listening, for sharing, for leaving reviews on iTunes. You are seriously the best, and the reason I do this show every week is for you. Enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I will see you next week with my friend Debbie Eaton. Bye, guys. At Rural First, we're the leader in rural construction loans because we don't work here. We work out here. We live rural, which means we know just what you need to build rural. Our dedicated team of loan specialists works with you throughout the construction process. And with our digital tool, you can manage your project all in one place. That's how Rural First gets you closer to what matters. Rural First is a registered trademark of Farm Credit Mid-America. NMLS 407249. Equal housing lender. Loan subject to approval and eligibility. Other terms and conditions may apply. Visit RuralFirst.com for more details.